0: Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of Stray Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. Well-known drag performer Poison Waters, otherwise known as Kevin Cook, joined us for this week's episode of Stray Talk to kick off Pride Month. Poison is the grand marshal of this weekend's Starlight Parade. We had so much more that we wanted to <laughs> talk about with Poison. She agreed to join us for a bonus chat. So thanks for doing sure, this. Sure,
1: my pleasure. I know we could just chat all day long. So yes, I we, we could. You and I.
0: Well, you grew up, we talked about this in the main episode in Park Rose, in the Park Rose neighborhood. You were gay, black man in the 1980s, what was that like?
1: So it was wild because I felt really kind of like a unicorn there in Park Rose in East County at that time. There weren't a lot of families of color and I certainly didn't know anybody else who was gay and I actually wasn't um, officially out as gay until after I graduated high school because um, I didn't dare, you know, of course, there was a lot of, you know, some bullying and, and jocks, you know, push you in the locker and call you some bad names that, you know, refer to gay people. And I was just like, how do these people know so much about me that I don't even know about myself yet? It was really kind of interesting to me. I was like, what? what am I, what, how, how do they know? Because I, I didn't even know. I was still trying to figure out what was going on with me. I knew I was different, but I didn't know exactly how. And so um, it wasn't until after I graduated high school, went to Mountain Community College out in Troutdale started going to clubs in downtown Portland. I started meeting people that weren't in that, you know, 20-block radius of Park Rose High School and actually seeing, meeting friends of, um, different friends of color and different ethnicities and cultural backgrounds and different religions and really just trying to, you know, find my place in the world. And just, you know, it was so silly. People, all my guidance counselors and favorite teachers always said, wait till you graduate, everything is going to get better. And I was like, how? It seems like it would get, it was fabulous. Just getting out and seeing the world and meeting people, yeah.
0: Do you think times have changed?
1: They certainly have. Fortunately, you know the things that I um, I do a lot of work now with um, colleges, high schools, even middle schools where they have um, gay-straight alliances. They have um, programs for um, the LGBTQ youth. Then none of that was even a thought back then. And I wonder um, how 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 my experience would have been so much better Mm -hmm. if we if I had that kind of support and you know years after you know you go to your high school reunions and stuff it's interesting how many more gay classmates I have now as an adult where back then I was the only one that was kind of being picked on and targeted and everybody else was just living their life so I think more people may have felt more comfortable to come out and be supportive and kind of have our own micro community within the greater community of our school. So I definitely think things have been changed, have, ex- have improved. Sorry.
0: And you grew up poor. How has yeah. that motivated you in your life? Oh,
1: gosh. You know, my whole growing up, I just knew there's got to be more. This this just can't be it. This can't be my existence for the rest of my life. There has got to be more. And so I've always strived for more, more, more. It's kind of a, you know, a double-edged sword. I, I say no, and I say no. I never say no. I say yes to every opportunity and just figure it out later. I found myself, you know, scheduled like six events. Once in a day, boom, boom, boom. But I just want to just keep going, keep going. I don't ever want to go backwards.
0: Well, tell us about the process of becoming <laughs> Poison Waters. You know, we have some pictures of you as Kevin Cook. Yeah. What's the process like becoming oh my Poison gosh. Waters? The,
1: the process is daunting. Yeah. When I very first started, because I didn't know what I was doing, and you know, I told you I'd learned those. I met those other older drag queens, and they they just looked beautiful, and I just felt like I just looked like a, a stick in the mud. I don't know what I looked like, and so learning the process and and, and watching the performers on either side of you. This is years, decades before the internet and before YouTube and makeup tutorials. Now the, the the new drag queens, they can just look online and figure it all out. We had to do trial and error in the process. I used to take two hours to get in drag and oh my gosh, it was the longest two hours of every night and it, I just really disliked it. And I just love being in front of the audience and being in front of the people. The whole getting ready process to me, I, I don't care for it. I've gotten it down now. I can get ready in 15 minutes.
0: 15 minutes? <laughs> from two
1: hours to 15 minutes. Oh, my goodness. You
0: need to touch, te- teach me a it's thing It's just to like,
1: about. oh, my gosh, <laughs> let me just get this on so I can get out the door and get to what I'm doing because, yeah, just the sitting there and just doing all that. And, you know, it's different because some drag queens, they change their look each time and they change, you know, the, the, I've looked the same, I have the same makeup colors and the same everything this whole time. It just has gotten a little better because I've, you know, learned a few tricks, but, yeah. Oh, it's to me. I, I can imagine people still drag still four or five hours in front of the makeup mirror. The results are amazing, but. I don't have time for that.
0: I need to learn how you put those <laughs> eyelashes on.
1: <laughs> that, that is a trick. Let me tell you, they're not. that's that's not the easiest part, as you know.
0: Well, some folks may be wondering if this is a full-time job for you.
1: Yeah, you know, the whole time I do drag, I started out when I started as a teenager in drag. I worked at Kmart on 122nd, and then I managed um, a local um, family gift store it's called HK Limited. I don't know if you remember those. I love those at all the malls, and I did that for years. Then I worked for the state of Oregon for 12 years, and then I worked for a local publishing company for many years after that. It's only been since 2017 that I don't have time for a day job. I have bookings all day, every day. You know, June is Pride Month. I have 79 individual events and bookings in a 30-day month. It's, I, I couldn't imagine going to work.
0: You need a clone, you need <laughs> Kevin, to be working too.
1: Well, I'm kind of a control freak too. I, I don't trust anybody to do my job, so no, I wouldn't do that.
0: And well, you don't just uh, perform, as you say, yep. at Darcelle Showplace, you have your own show too. Yep. I
1: have my own group, Poison Waters and Friends, and we're available for now so many virtual events. Laurel, during um, the pandemic, we did over 650 virtual bingos with clients literally all around the world because we're doing drag at you know, four in the morning for a company in Singapore or eight in the morning for somebody in Europe. And and it's just wild to me that the, you know, modern technology and, you know, the, it's interesting too, the uh, international appeal of drag. It's, there's, there, there's not enough time. I have to say no to people because my schedule is so full. I hate saying no. But literally around the world, people want drag in their Zoom calls and their Zoom meetings or, you know, now we're back in person. So I'm half virtual, half Zoom, and it's really fantastic. There's just, there's just no time to... For anything else.
0: <laughs> well, we, we talked uh, in the main episode about Darcelle a lot, but mm. we didn't get to find out how you met. How did you meet Darcelle?
1: Well, you know, the first time I met Darcelle, I, at that underage nightclub we talked about before, I ran for a drag pageant the first year I did drag, and I won. And this is a teenage drag queen pageant. Well, I won, and they, during the crowning ceremonies, they brought in, like, some local regal, you know, drag queens to preside over the crowning ceremony, and I just remember they said Darcell and I didn't really know who that was, but in floated this mm blonde hair and all these jewels, and I just thought, oh my gosh, who is this? And I don't remember what Darcel said about, you know, da, 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 congratulations, whatever, but I remember the very end, he grabbed my hand, he said, most of all, have fun. He's like, this is supposed to be fun. Because sometimes you can get caught up in, you know, everything else. He said, just have fun. So I've always remembered that. And that year, particularly, it's funny, we're talking about this during Pride, um, because I was working at the gift store, and they, the club said, we want you to be in the Gay Pride Parade. Well, I'd never been in the parade before, and back then it was still kind of like, does the daytime know what the nighttime's doing? You know, I didn't didn't know if the the gift store people that I worked for knew that I was in drag and knew that I was doing this thing. And so I said, I wanna be in the parade, but I don't know what to do, you know, about my job. And I was asking my friends, they go, you should go ask Darcel. literally like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, go (laughs) to Darcel's in Old Town, knock on the door, they'll let you in and ask the question. So I did that. Dumb me, I didn't know, and I thought Darcell was going to be on this throne with, you know, palm fronds. wizard. Yeah, yeah, no, I, there's a ladder, and I go, I, they go, can I help you? I said, here to talk to Darcell They go, oh, he's right there. Here's this middle-aged man on a step ladder changing a light bulb. I'm like, that was very, yeah, I was like, oh, hmm. But then he said, what? He always says, he's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be in the parade? I go, yeah, I really want to be in the parade. He said, well, be in the parade. If something happens and you lose your job, well, you didn't need that job anyway. And, of course, I was in the parade. I never lost the job. It was fabulous. Well, oh, that's
0: that's yeah. really good yeah, to hear. Yeah, so
1: he yeah, so from the very beginning he was giving me life lessons.
0: I'm <laughs> so curious to know how you came up with your name, Poison oh, Waters.
1: That's interesting. So you remember I told you about the, the the four black drag queens, the first ones I ever saw. Well, two of them were Misty Waters and Rosie Waters. And Misty Waters was a beautiful trans woman, drag performer, and Rosie Waters was a fabulous gay man who did drag and they were Misty Waters, Rosie Waters, they were like a drag family. And I didn't even know what that meant back then. And so they helped me get together and they said, okay, well now you gotta come up with a name cause your first show's gonna be here soon. So why don't you be somebody Waters? Now who are you gonna be? I worked at the mall, as I said, and on my lunch break, I'd walk through the fancy gift stores and, you know, the department stores and smell the perfumes just because I like doing that. And there was this bottle that was a purple bottle with gold, right? It said poison. It was Christian Dior's perfume and it was new and I smelled it and I was like, oh my God, I love it. So I said, I'm going to be poison waters. And they were not impressed. Nobody for even Darcel, all of my early people said. That's not a good name. It sounds negative. Nobody's gonna. And I just stuck to my guns, and now I've been Poison Waters all these years. I can't yes. imagine being anything
0: else. <laughs> the kindest poison yes, ever. Yeah,
1: and that's what people say. And you know, when I t- told you, Darcel used to tell me, "Be kind." I used to be a little, you know, acidic, and people were like, "Oh, well, Poison's a good name for you." And then now, all these years later, um, people say that's so funny. It's kind of the opposite of who you actually are. So, was
0: well, there anything left on your bucket list?
1: Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> It's funny. All of the um, great and kind of wild things I've gotten to do have all been. All, they were unintentional. They were kind of accidental. One one opportunity led to another opportunity. I never planned to do all the things. I rappelled down a twenty-four story building in wow. drag for girls. Wow. I never planned that. Um, I've been skydiving. I've done in all drag? sorts. Of, no, I didn't do skydiving in <laughs> drag. Only because it was too much to go yes, over the stuff. Right. Um, but the the rappelling, I was in drag. And so I've done a lot of really great things, and I can't imagine. You know, um, this spring I was doing um, a part of a wedding for the weird Portland United um, nonprofit group and part of it and it was at the Wooden Shoe Festival in Woodburn and part of it was supposed to be a hot air balloon but the weather canceled that part so I would like to get a hot air balloon and I, it may happen you never know.
0: I have a feeling that, that <laughs> will happen. Before we close this out uh, anything else you'd like to say to the uh, viewers and just,
1: listeners? Uh, thank, thank you all again for the support it's been amazing not just for myself but for the cast and crew of Dirt and Company the outpouring of support at their cells passing was really felt and really helped us um, get through it.
0: Well Poison Waters, thanks for joining us for this bonus episode of Straight Talk. And thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you next time for Straight Talk.